relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people in places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. I got it. I got it. Recordings in progress. So, you know, I hate that lady throws us under the bus so many times. She definitely does. Because <laughs> that would like, have been so you were that was a perfect time to start. You just going through your. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely I brought I came prepared the coffee, the Sour Patch Kids. Um, I'm taking apart some Game Boy games and cleaning them. You know, we we're just really doing it over here with a 32 ounce cold brew. Is that what you just said? Yeah, 30. Trenta. Trenta, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I didn't I didn't I, know that you could get like a cold brew in Trenta. I thought that was like the Yeah, well I I, I was like, hey, I, I've been bu- I was buying the large cold brews or I guess la- yeah, large because this is extra large or something. And and I was like, give me a cold, I just need a cold brew. And they were like, what size? I'm like, big. And they were like, we got Trentas. And I was like, what the fuck is a Trenta? Mm-hmm. I've been ordering this for, you know, and that's Spanish. For, I'm, you know, great. It's Spanish for 30, I think. And um, now this, and it's like 20 cents more. You could get the 12 ounce for like 380, or you can get the Trenta for like 420. So, you know, I see your math. You're, I mean, you're, Mm. pretty big math and if you're, you're very gonna... much like billy though like it's like i'm nervous because it's 4 30 in the afternoon in the evening and you're yeah. drinking that much caffeine but you're like oh man i got that ah, that's, the same way, that's the same way billy is he'll be drinking coffee all the time i am gonna get some after this i have some errands to run between that's why we're doing this earlier than normal i have some but that's what i was thinking i was like huh i should have got a coffee i'll get one after this is this your normal stance in the in the podcast where you're about to sometimes no it's not even we're just doing the chair and i'm figuring out the volume situation too so i'm also the producer at this point so there's a lot going on oh all right all right all right so but i will relax in a different way uh, eventually after after we get this going real real smooth and thanks for being with us we're uh I, I'm bummed I've never met you before and I've been to Eugene so many times. I blame Mike. We have met before and I've given oh. you weed uh, twice now. Okay. And each, <laughs> each time you asked, what is this? I said, I don't know. And I just gave you some weed out of a bag and then you proceeded to smoke it and yeah. I left. See, so. that's probably like you didn't, you just, you were like a lot of Eugene people or people in the Northwest that are just, they just hand you weight and then mm-hmm. leave, which yeah, is well, great, but it's not, it doesn't make you, I, I don't mean this in a, a bad way, but if everyone's doing it, you're not memorable. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I, I felt like, you know, there was a girl one time we were sitting, you were, you guys were in this green room or whatever at the hybrid. And some girl was telling me for like 45 minutes about how, if you get a like a bunk uh, debit card or like a like a visa from like a good or a Walmart or something, you could use it on the plane uh, because they I don't, remember this. They yes. don't scan the plane tickets and tell you, or they don't scan all the money or whatever. So you could buy drinks on the plane, and you know, so she always keeps a second card with her when she flies. I think I know who this could be. I do. I know exactly who it is. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> and that may be why I don't fully remember you because of all the other nonsense going on. Because all of us were like, huh, that is a good. Yeah, I was like, I don't even is... drink, but I was like, that's a good thing to know. Same, same. And I and I was like, that's great. I mean, I just I'd get a Diet Coke or something. You know, it's like my guilty pleasure since I stopped oh. drinking. Oh, I'm going to just rob them of their little like high end lunchable boxes that's that good they have on airplanes they i just lunchables. yeah it's good stuff nowadays yeah you know and i'm sitting in like 38b and uh you know i'd take gold the little goldfish packets i'd take anything i can get for free you know weren't you just traveling to where were you at i just went up to seattle i spent some uh like four days in seattle how did that go? You you always seem like a fun follow when you're in a different place because you try all the dope stuff. Yeah, it was really great. I set the whole thing up. Me and a buddy went up there. He was like, "Let's drive," and I was like, "I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to drive five or six hours. We could just fly for a hundred dollars." So we flew up to Seattle, left from Eugene, and um, I made the whole event like uh, food oriented. There was a show we were going to. He had bought tickets for. The show was completely sold out. Tickets were super expensive. So we weren't, it was like, we had put it into motion. It was like, okay, we're going. So uh, I I have some friends that I play some video games with online that are from uh, the greater Seattle area. And they met us up there and like we went, did You know, smoked a bunch and, you know. They put sugar in the batter and, uh, and they, I don't know, when you get it, they put like a spicy cheddar dog in it. And then they ask if you want to sprinkle um, sugar over it. And Whoa. I was like, yeah, please just sugar. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Why not? I'm all about that life. Yeah. That sounds yeah. fucking fantastic. It was great. Okay. So international man, just traveling all over the place. What do you do for a day job? Let's let the, the audience in on who you are as a person. Okay, uh, I am um, the gardener over at Higher Minds Horticulture, which is like a Eugene, Springfield, Eugene area um, grow. We have a couple grow rooms, we're all LED, um, and uh, yeah, just doing that daily, you know, just the, the plant grind, it's something I love to do. Are you from Eugene? Born and raised, yeah. So you've been kind of you've been around cannabis your whole life, and it's not like a it's not like a thing you pursued. It was just something that was there. Well, kind of both ends. Like I've been around cannabis my whole life, but I chose to pursue it. Everybody was like, you know, in like two thousand nine, two thousand eight, uh, is really when I started growing and getting into with with other gardeners here in town, and I got in this tight little knit group you know, pounds were going crazy. It was just like all day, very, very, very crazy around here in those times. And so 
I started doing that. And obviously it's not like a source of legitimate income. And so there was a lot of people around that were like, you're getting tattooed, you're growing pot, you know, you're doing these things. Like, uh, we really don't see this working out long-term. And I was like, it's going to work out long-term, trust <laughs> me, you know, and here we are like 15 or 16 years later. I don't, I don't know how many years it is, but that many, <laughs> that many years it's later, been 40 years, it's yeah, been 40 years. about 45 years later. And here we are at, with the worst industry we could possibly <laughs> gather and we're just gonna, you know, hang out in it. And it's, it's great. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's definitely what I wanted to do, but uh i there was a lot of people saying i don't think this is sustainable you know what then. part the the legality of it was a big gray area in the medical days before you know um way before recreational and then obviously pot shops were very few and far between back then um and then wheeling and dealing with the with your license and just kind of like making it a legitimate income you know, you're not, you're not really building like a 401k or something. You're just building like a, a gun safe full of money and that's uh, safer than a 401k. Yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah. Well, someone who's, you know, 35 years older than you is probably going to tell you different at that time, you know? Yeah. They, they they like all their fake securities. They like the ideas of them. That makes them sleep well at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the best thing to do is to sleep. <laughs> so you were just were you always growing it? You just that's what interests interested you in the in the business. Yeah, well, pot really changed my life. Like smoking pot and getting into it. I it just completely changed my mentality and it really helped me kind of tackle and wrestle with a lot of uh, I don't know, like you're the wading through the dicks essentially is what I was uh, doing at, at that time. And um, what, what was wading through the dicks? Mean? You know, it's, it's, oh, there's, oh, there's dicks. Ah, oh, gotta all wade through it. Yeah, just, the just, yeah, they're just all over the place. And so, like every day, you run into a dick and you gotta wade through it. And so, like back then, I, uh, I kind of gravitated towards cannabis because it wasn't nine to five there it was there was a lot of money available um it's kind of like a skilled trade and a lot of my friends were doing it at the time and so i thought why not just jump on there and and try to find my way i managed some trim groups uh you know i trimmed for the first couple years and then i got in with a couple people that would bring me into the garden daily and be like hey look at this we're doing this we're doing 13 gallon current cultures upstairs in a bedroom with thousand watt single ended all over the walls and you know a hundred gallon leak so the floor sags out and ruins like a rental <laughs> you know that that kind of stuff and you know working with those guys and and uh they showed me a ton you know we did extracting back in the day you know with using the you know glass tubes and the you know doing shooting it in the, the bho and, through and everything yeah yeah, no. yeah yeah doing all the right stuff you know at the right time <laughs> and and uh here we are today you know calling the franwell corporation because i need more tags <laughs> <laughs> well you seem like you're you're enjoying it greatly right now still huh yeah, yeah sure you know <laughs> 
I mean, and it is weird. As of recently, I've been having a lot more dreams about the good old days, as they call them. And just, it is funny. Like one of them was the this uh, this person who used to run uh, a trim scene. Mm-hmm. You know, she was like the older hippie mom type of thing. Always great organic food on the stove and people just sitting around trimming and hanging out. And I was like, man, those days were a lot of fucking fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then and then now it's like, ah, oh, okay, I'm going to work. Yep, so I'll I'll see you. See you guys later. You know, they they there was a huge section when people were still trying to mash that like party, uh, harvest lifestyle into a recreational facility, and it's like that. This does everyone has to sign in and have paperwork and like there's no just like come on by and bring like your quinoa and kale and like we're totally fine and you know <laughs> hang out bring your dog you could sit on the floor like we could watch a movie i don't care you know so do you think a, hold it sorry mike yeah, yeah, um, get in get in do you think uh it eventually like kind of evens out to where it can be that kind of mom and pop feel like once once you know federal comes in and like it all like pans out like are there gonna is there are there spots for that kind of do you think or is it are those days like truly gone like the kind of like fun place to work i think there's always going to be some sub genre of growers out there that still have harvest parties and, you know, grow, grow 98 plants in 200 gallon pots every year and <laughs> pay some kid at the end of the year with like, you know, blackberry kush cuts or talk about <laughs> how he's still growing blue dream and Jaeger. And, you know, like, and, and there, there's always going to be that out there as far as like legal paperwork money. I don't really see that happening. You could bring people on, but the environment with the legality is so oppressive. Like, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's not as fun and simple. No one's passing the joint anymore. You know what I mean? And uh, you could still have a lot of people to help you do one simple task. Uh, but the, the vibe might not be the same, you know, mm-hmm. even with, you know, whatever that brings federal, you know, I, I don't know what that's going to bring except, problems you know so <laughs> ooh, what do you think problems wise what do you think will happen um i'm not i'm not exactly sure i'm i'm sure they're going to just go through more and more regulation just it pinching and pulling the i feel like the farmer always always has a harder time more and more and more throughout the years especially with regulation the overhead cost of running a recreational facility um is super expensive even with a very small crew just you know just to keep everything running to keep you know running four rooms or five rooms i ran seven rooms before at 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 a rec site that i used to manage in 2015 and it was just like the overhead is fucking huge every month and you have to make that cut and with the market constantly swaying on percentages and you know, like there's a lot of Joe Schmoes out there just trying to get high. The 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 percentage of your cannabis really drives price unless you have some crazy marketing campaign and you can work, I don't know, deals with dispensaries for exclusivity and, you know, weird stuff like that. I think there's just so much to it that uh, 
it's just not the wild west have fun put plants in a room put a four ton ac when you need you know eight tons of cooling and you know just ride it out it's it's very technical to survive i think in the current marketplace so yay <laughs> yay that's all... my opinion There's no i know there, they dude, like karate I... kicking their crops you know they're fine with it i understand <laughs> i understand and i don't think you're wrong I, it's just like it's when you really just like like we went to mj biz last year and it was such a eye-opening thing for me like mj think... biz is like the place for people who don't smoke weed Oh, that was a fucking problem for me, too. Um, yeah, there was a lot. I had a lot of like Mike and I have, have especially of late, have had conversations that we won't have on here, but they are just me being like, <laughs> hey, some of this shit fucking sucks, right? <laughs> and some of these people are not good. And he's like, no, no, they're not. I was like, because like, I just. Cause I like, like, like you cannabis changed my life for the better and not even in the way that it did you, but just, it did. So like going in, I want to help it the way it helps me. And then you go in and you're like, Oh no, <laughs> some of you guys are not helpful. You're <laughs> not, you're not. And it's like, what I think what frustrates me is that they say all the stuff too the community the legacy and do all the blah 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 and you're just like and then you watch them and you're like oh you're not doing the thing you don't this is you're moving on to the next thing and it's like ah uh. so that's what me and mike are like that's the shift we've made is like we want to take care of literally everybody that's like they they just want to do the thing they don't they're like i'm not like just middle class you know or or below like and hey if you get rich on accident man that's cool like but like don't there's that's the american dream is getting rich by accident (laughs) (laughs) how'd that happen that's crazy that That is the american dream you ran over my foot i need money i don't have to do anything (laughs) that is exactly it like yeah my cousin's in the nfl and you're like no that's okay that's (laughs) i guess good for you that's great never have to work again that's good well and i mean especially for you being a eugene native you know like i i'm from the east coast i didn't move here until 2009 type of thing and so like for me like it's like okay well i came here to be a part of this and to do it and stuff but i don't know what it was like here before so what do you think eugene has done for or what do you think cannabis has done for eugene recently like through all of this through this saturation change and industrialization almost well i think that it's uh I think that it's it's opened up the doors for a lot of jobs and work. There's a lot of kids out there that still want to make cannabis a thing and also be able to make, you know, be able to tell your renter or whatever, these this is my paperwork, these are my taxes that this, you know, I have sourceable income. You know, I think cannabis has changed this, you know, what used to be a very small, tight-knit community into like a kind of 
serviceable community, service-wise community where you can come in from other states or come in from other parts of town and find work doing and getting your foot in the door with trimming or with joint rolling or whatever bullshit they want to put you on. And, and you can find your way if you have that kind of passion. Whereas before it was all people that you knew, you know, you could, it wasn't really like you could come to Eugene and find work and cannabis and kind of get paid under the table. But um, currently I think that's what it, the, the market has opened up is jobs for people, you know, which is, which is good. But it's also, like I say, the overhead of growing cannabis is super high. And like your, your introductory uh, caught, like your introductory wage is pretty high. You know, like it's not, you're not flipping burgers and people are usually getting paid above the median wage just for doing some kind of skilled labor, you know? Does, does it feel like that money is being reinvested into Eugene at all or like how i mean like for me i'm like okay there's a lot of good living around here for me personally quality of life here in eugene is way better than where i grew up and right. it's almost like well yeah i mean i'm gonna grow some weed i'm gonna make some money i'm gonna grow some you know high-end boutique weed and then i'm gonna go eat some high-end boutique burgers sure you know like you know that's just kind of the thing um i've so- always felt like eugene is a is like a bubble it's, it has its own little economy. It has its own little kind of like feelings and vibes and how people work together and with each other and how they communicate with each other. It's like we live in this small little bubble and it's really easy to get stuck in here and live in here and enjoy it. And, uh, the, you know, there's really nowhere else that I've ever been that feels like Eugene. You can come here, put a, you know, a four by eight grow tent in your bedroom and flip burgers at a local bar and make enough money to, you know, I don't know, buy a Jeep or something like that. Like there's, there's possibility here, but you're living in this small thing. It's not big city. It's like big city mentality in a really small town, you know? I mean, it would always make me laugh moving from Philadelphia to here. And people are like, Oh, Eugene, the city. And I was like, I don't know if it's a city there, dude. Yeah. <laughs> people are like, what's the population of Eugene? 2,200. And I'm like, <laughs> Uh, no, apparently they could fit a lot more than that here. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys also have the university there, which yeah, which was always great for a great market for what uh, you guys were were growing too. And it, it's and it's a well kind of well to do state university if we're being honest. So like there's cash, there's a, ca- a constant cash flow there in this small town that a lot of places don't have. Yeah. And it's got its own vibe, I think, too, because of its history with all the dingbat. And I mean that endearing. But Do you like, mean Keezy? Yeah, and all those people, and yes. The, and, like, the bus that goes farther? <laughs> sure. That's true. And, yes, the, and the five bears? Yeah, all those. bears? Yeah. And the speed that. balls? Yeah, there's a, they were doing a thing, and that they needed a, a place off i5 that's accessible to do the thing and there's a university there so there's chemists and smart people that are also like down to do the thing too so it makes it's like i remember the first time i went i stumbled into eugene i was like what is this like you said it's a bubble 
You're yeah, like, oh, uh, Dolly Parton wrote about it. She said, Eugene, Oregon, I'll remember you for the rest of my life. I bet something terrible happened to her. <laughs> I, think her I think her tire popped on her car and someone jacked yeah, it up. That wasn't good. Uh, but that is like, it is interesting too, because it's like the quality of weed there is still so high and so good. And it's, it's like Colorado's has, is it fluctuates every time I go. Sometimes it's really great. Sometimes it's not. And you're like, well, it's a different. I'm like, no, I know the difference. So I know when it's good and when it's not. And California's all over the place all the time. Nevada was something else. Um, what was actually, the weed like in Nevada other than actually, like, was I did, it brick and clay? Uh, no, <laughs> actually, I did get, I'll just say this, like cookies is very hit or miss because of the way they do their grows. I'm not speaking out of turn here. Did it's you go to just, reef? I don't remember where we went because of Vegas is all thing. You know, it's all flashing lights. It's and, all noises and, and, bing, bing, and bing, 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 brands. Bing, bing. And you're like, yep. Okay. We did it. It was flashy in there. Nice. Yeah. Um, but I will say that I got, I like that Gary Payton strain a lot. And and when it first came out in California, it was great. And then it just fell the cough. And then, so I stopped buying it. And then I, I was curious about Nevada because, you know, they can't cross line. I was like, oh, well, I wonder who's growing it here. And it was, that was the, the best one that I got there. The rest of it was, I don't want to say mids because it was wasn't mids, mids, but it was. There's a lot of flashing lights. Honestly. Yes. Yeah. That's Even a, the, yeah. Even the cannabis was a lot of flashing lines. Yeah, it's like Oreos in every every jar, and you're like, "Wow, this is a very mediocre." Looks good, it's flashy, but when you smoke it or smell it or look at it too long, it like. Uh, I did like the way they do their dispenser. The ones we went in, I, I enjoyed their dispensary uh, uh, experience. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to be. Just trying to be positive every now and then, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like, there's good and bad and everything, but like, I'll tell you, I was, Michael might can attest it, how loud I was getting about not being able to smoke in MJ Biz. And you could buy, and Mike just goes, you can buy booze over there. And I was like, ah, oh, man, I can't. You, oh. You're going to turn me up to 11. I'm just going to throw a chair. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so that, I mean, it's just so upsetting. The regu and like, that's where I think regulation federally might go once federal kind of like goes, okay, uh, drop trow and let it in like the, it's just going to get regulated and changed. And it's, and it, the, the market's going to have these big stock market waves across all the states and there's going to be a bit, you know, like the, it's just going to be really difficult to, I think, survive uh, once they take away the borders, you know, once they take away that idea of like, you know, you could do like, uh, what do they call it? Uh, cross. It, cross state interstate yeah, commerce. commerce, interstate commerce. Thank you. So, um, something like that. So, you know, I just think it, it, look at alcohol. They were like, alcohol's bad. Everybody, nobody drink alcohol because we got to rein it in and regulate the shit out of it and tax the fuck out of it. And then 
you guys can buy it again soon. And, you know, over 50 years, it was like, you could have as much as you want, as long as the bartender says, yeah. And you could buy as many bottles as you want at the, at the bar whenever you want to. And, you know, it, it that's just what's going to happen with, I feel like, I don't actually know, but that I feel like with cannabis is that they're just going to change it. And the farmer is going to be getting like 57 cents of fucking ounce. And the rest is all going to be taxes and it's going to hit the, hit the shelf. And you're going to be able to buy a pack of hybrid for, you know, a three forty nine or something, uh, you know, a container. But you don't think, no, I do. I think you're right about all that, but you don't think there'll be like, like you guys can't exist in these little niches, like people that grow grapes and wine and shit like that, where it's like, I'm never going to go and get like Marlboro. Marlboro. Like I'm never going to do that because of what I know about the plant and stuff. Like, right. But you are, you are a small uh, section of the buyer's market. The older I get, the more I understand that it's like that about everything. And I just wish more uh what it's you know i you know when i worked at uh the dispensary and we opened up a dispensary in 2014 uh some buddies of of mine and and i uh, was a part of that in eugene og here in in eugene um what, what? they um uh literally you know, it, right across the street from the college like uh, you can see t- 2045 franken boulevard you can literally <laughs> see the place where they run around the track from when you walk out of the dispensary. Yeah, it's one of my it. favorite dispensaries in town. And <laughs> y- you know, there was a large, there was, there was a, a, a large market in that, in that um, medical days where there was someone coming in that needed help or, you know, was a part of some medical program and you were able to work with them, really take the passion of the plant that I had and be able to kind of share it with someone else and, really have that enjoyable not only can i wheel and deal and and talk the talk you know and have be a great salesman but i also really really have that passion for the plant so being able to share that with somebody um who also loved or needed the plant in the same ways was super super beneficial to me and to i guess them as well but then when recreational hit the market changed into this uh I'm only looking for 30 percenters, you know, Joe Schmo just wants to get high. And there comes a point where you're like, I can't educate the market to where I think that the market should be, you know, the nose knows, you know, just having the good education to be able to, to share what you, what you know about the plant, looking at each jar of weed as it comes in and going, this is interesting. This isn't it. I can't wait to show it to this person because I know they're going to love this form cut or whatever the you know blue dream or you know jaeger um and and i you know i i'm excited but it turned into like where's your 30 percenters i don't smoke anything less than 30 percent and i think that there's always going to be an interest or uh, a place in the market for niche craft cannabis there's always going to be somebody buying that niche 200 bottle release of wine um, mm-hmm. and I think they'll do the same with cannabis, but I, I think that it's going to really weed out a lot of, a lot of gardeners, um, before it gets to that level where you have someone who has ultra low input costs, ultra low overhead can sell the weed at a consistent price. And then this whole regulation machine will happen and they'll be able to just you know survive when the times are good and you're getting good money they're stacking that extra money and then when the times are low they're pulling out those resources from that from when it was high you know and that's how they'll make it through the years of 
you know, I don't know, trial with trial by fire is how I feel the recreation market is. The the bubble seasons, as I call them, where out, out of nowhere it's like, oh, outdoors two hundred dollars now yeah. a pound. <laughs> yeah, I need I need forty depths at three hundred dollars. You know where to get me? It's like leave them on red. You know like... <laughs> why can why does the market do that? Um, I think that the. <laughs> I'm Why? excited for this. I, I think that I think that the market fluctuates through availability. I mean, when when things were going, they were going east. Everything that was here was going east. It wasn't going north or south. You know, we are the hub and the mecca of like this quasi private market battle between California, Washington, and Oregon. And we were throwing everything east. You know, we were driving it to 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 cleveland we were driving it to new york you know we're we're driving to ship it to florida you do all not we but people we know who would be the we yeah yeah like the the we crowd and yeah the we crowd yeah and okay i think i I I didn't do anything yeah nobody (laughs) nobody ever actually did any of that it's all hearsay but like the 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 idea is that i feel like once you know cannabis became more socially acceptable in larger masses there was areas that were closer to the east that became uh, more lax or lenient on cannabis laws and i think maybe people started up doing things where they previously weren't really able to um, because of the harsh penalties and i think that has created some influx um, just because of amount on the market and what's available closer you know what I mean? I don't know. That's that's maybe my two cents, you know, and there's a lot more growers. That's essentially what I'm saying is there's a lot more growers, a lot more places. So it, it, it you know, your your market becomes saturated. I mean, I 100% believe that, you know, for literally the last 30 years or whatever, Oregon was feeding most of America along with Humboldt when it comes to cannabis. I mean, Washington was doing stuff, but very little nothing to the, well, the state's size. not the same it's not the same no. the, it's not the climate's different it's not the same the it's people the, the game is the same but the, the people are the same but the game's changed or something like that. <laughs> well, i lived in seattle for six years so like the the cannabis scene was like it existed but it was like it was a lot of dark web bullshit they love that part of it um yeah. and then Anything that I liked that was good, they got from working. <laughs> if I'm thinking about like who I was like, no, the stuff I really liked, they got near fucking was it Grant's Pass? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's over there. Yeah. And I mean, it is real though. And but there was this established community and market here that was able to sell through most of America. And then once recreational started, we all went into the rec market and they're like, now y'all just have to fight it out for Oregon. And then the worst part about it right now is just even in the people's market, the black market, the prices are so bad that this is the first year that I've heard stories of black market people backdooring it into the rec market. That's hilarious. Just, it's scary. And it's just like, what the actual fuck? Yeah, I haven't heard that one, but that seems like, you know, uh, I've, yeah, let's bring it in to tax it. 
I'm trying to get my shit taxed. <laughs> well, I mean, I know there's people who just can't even sell it on the people's market anymore. So they just have to get rid of it somewhere. And it's just like, oh, it's, that's terrifying. It is getting few and far between. You know, it's like where buyers that were in the the private market are becoming less available and buyers in, you know, Lewis black has that skit about when he walks out of a Starbucks and across the street is another Starbucks. Oh, <laughs> I know where that's at. I, yeah. that's <laughs> it. It's in Houston, Texas. It's where the last stop used to be. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's, that's a little bit of heaven or hell. It's like we literally have, you know, a rock's throw from one dispensary to another dispensary here in Eugene alone, not to mention the greater of Oregon. I mean, pretty much anything along the five, you'll have, you know, 50 fucking dispensaries in a, you know, a five square foot square mile city. And it, you know, it's, it, it sucks because it's just saturated. You got people just in a bidding war to get the best price they can for their weed and just to get it off so they can survive till the next harvest, you know? And if you, and if you have bad test results, the numbers are going to come in lower, you know, but if you have high test results, your weed could look like, uh, you know, bad and uh, could look like weed from Nevada. And you could, you could be like, <laughs> Oh, great. Uh, I'm getting it came in at 30% because I used this shit lab. Um, so now everybody wants it for 2100 or whatever. But when I get 25% on the same shit, same genetics, the run previously, because I, I went with a different what I felt like was a more legitimate laboratory. Uh, you know, people are trying to lowball me 1600 walking in the door. And that just makes it, I think, like the market really, really difficult to survive in. You know, it's a numbers based market. Everyone's drinking Everclear. <laughs> they all want the Everclear. I mean, and sometimes I ask myself that question. I'm like, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to wing cannabis? Is that what you want to do? Or do you just want to realize that you've legitimately got to just grow this plant as a career? So then that takes a little bit of the anxiety off. I'm like, well, I'm employed and you know, whatever, I'm doing this, I'm doing it. But as a journeyman, you know, you've worked multiple angles of this industry. What do you think the common person doesn't understand the most about it? Can I say something real fast too to both you motherfuckers? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. There's an adrenaline rush that you guys really miss. It is a subtle adrenaline rush that was constantly there, whether even when it was quasi-legal, that both you guys, that's what you miss. Preach. It's not, because you neither of you are living worse than you did before. Both of you were probably living better than you did back then and, and probably have less actual worth, cash or whatever, now. But you live like fucking idiots because <laughs> that's what you're trading. Like, and then like, I think it's been interesting for me to know to like watch from like I was telling Mike I was like, I'm not like I'm like an outlier because I'm not like an outsider because I now I know enough and we have this podcast so like there is like I'm part of something in it but I'm not in it and just watching who we talk to and then following them and all that. It's like, it's just very interesting to be like a lot of y'all can't put your finger on 
what it really is that you miss about it and what the change is and sure like all the metric stuff and the way they're doing it's a headache and it but what's cool i have noticed is like the politicians do listen if you guys yell at them enough about cannabis because they they will come to because because there is so much money in it i think that that if the politicians will be like wait was this okay so we can you're like yeah you're like i just think like the people that figure out the right angles to talk to them that's there but what you guys are missing is is the rush of being like it, it was a relaxed lifestyle that still supplied you guys with this like fix that now like mike said he didn't even notice he's like now it's just work and you're like motherfucker it was work before yeah but the price was a lot different and the the availability like it's a lot more work now in certain aspects i mean like for my myself i am employed as well you know and i make a, a living wage which is really nice and it's something I've always worked for doing what I do. And I feel like there's, there comes a big learning cur curve with growing, you know, in 60 different gardens over the last X, <laughs> X amount of years, you learn all these different little nuances that you take to and from each garden and it becomes skilled labor, like an electrician or something. And there's a higher price to do that for someone else that wants to go to Hawaii six times a year and wants to leave it in your hands and know that it's not <laughs> going to get fucked up, you know? So it, you know, that like, Purely metaphor, not yeah, personal. Yeah, that's, that's, no, that not at all. Yeah, no, no, no. You know, and, and and so you know, there's there's there comes a line between where you could do it all on your own and be in whatever private market you want to do and deal with the headache and all that, or you can take all the skill set that you've learned over the years and and kind of let someone else take the fall if if it decides to fall. You know, I mean, you could do the work, you could do it right, you know, and if somebody wants to jump out, then they can jump out and, you know, you move on to another place instead of you having this burden of, oh, my my 500 ton or my, my 500 pint quest is out. I got to get a fucking forklift in here somehow and pull this thing off the ceiling i don't know why i bought this <laughs> when i was getting 3200 a pound i don't know why i fucking bought this thing this thing is how do i you know I, i'm gonna have to hire somebody to come I, i'm venting into an attic what's going on here like <laughs> like I'm, I'm cutting eight inch holes in a rental like jesus come on you know like i don't want to do all that anymore i want someone else to cut eight inch holes in a rental and me to go yeah you yeah you cut that hole you did good yeah um <laughs> excuse me, I got a water, you know, like, <laughs> you know, that I think, I think that's the difference. It becomes more of a job and a, you know, it, you know, like either a salaried or an hourly, hourly position where you're like, I got this and this and this and this to do today. And then I get to go home and, you know, and, and have a nice life and make a livable wage and be happy. Whereas before it was a lot more chaotic, you know? And I mean, that's, you're, you're essentially, I, i think they should both exist i think that like that's the i think the main issue in america and in cannabis is an interesting microcosm because it is like because of its transition right now uh it can sh we could use it as an example of how we can change other industries and those things like that because 
there's not a balance between corporate and small business anymore. It's just, they're just, they're just, and there's no regulation or protection for it. Right. And, and, and every corporation by design is just designed to crush anything. So without regulation, it's just going to do that. And the people that work there aren't necessarily bad uh, for doing that because I don't think some of them even realize they're doing that. It's like I went to college and my major was corporate and organizational communications. I did not finish. Um, but that's what part of what really drove me crazy then was like they're training corporate drones. And a lot of my people I went to school that didn't bother them or they, and I'm not saying that they're bad people and they weren't, but it was like this is what they wanted to do and do their thing. And to me, I was like, I think so much all the time and I can't turn it off to do this mundane thing every fucking day. Right. So where am I gonna be? And thank God I found stand-up, which is just problems all the time. And then I get this <laughs> and I just get to say it, say and complain about it all the time. But I also get to travel, which I love. And then cannabis, and I've told this to Mike too, is I it's so similar because of people think they can get rich fast doing it. And you just fucking can't. Yeah, it, I'll tell you how many people just think it's a get rich quick thing. I I got a buddy and he's like, yeah, I'm just, you, you know, and yeah, I'm I'm gonna you know, maybe I'll buy a house. I'm like, with what? Like <laughs> how are you gonna with a six lighter, you're gonna buy a house in this <laughs> in this economy? Like <laughs> You know, There's nobody out here buying houses with six lighters. I mean, even the fun thing about it is with the market being what it is right now is the people who I used to be like, see, they're the ones that got rich. I can be like them. And those dudes are having a fucking hard time right now. Those dudes have gotten pocket checked just by time and thinking that it was going to be like that forever. And now it's just like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. I'm have to start digging up those barrels in the yard filled with <laughs> unmarked bills. Where's that lumpy mattress at? Bring it lumpy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So as a social media icon such as yourself, um, he is very funny. You guys, you should it's follow him. So it's fucking Mike funny. sent me, and I'm sorry I didn't remember you. And a lot of it has to do with he's forgettable. I've known with him. the he's pot. not is with it the, the pot. It wasn't <laughs> the pot. I think what you reminded me of, like now I remembered the conversation, but like I was surrounded by people I truly. I knew two or three of them, and then old gal started telling the, the story. credit card story. Yeah. Yes. No, I do remember talking to you so much now. Okay, we're <laughs> buddies. Yeah, we're I can't buddies see now. you either, so it's not like <laughs> I don't feel bad at all for this. It's just because he's like, oh, I've met you a couple of times, and I did for a second. I was like, damn, I hate. And then you know, it came back. I do remember you. I didn't forget. <laughs> Well, forget, then, what's your name again with it events or something it's magic marbles <laughs> magic marbles <laughs> m-a-r-b-l-e-z <laughs> but you are really really fun on instagram and that little character um i always claim that he's based upon somebody that i know yeah um, i'm sure yeah and uh but 
that that it's just fucking hilarious and really funny that you did that i'll tell you what the 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 pack god character is what what i named him and because he's the god he's the god of packs he's shipping out pack just packs everywhere packs out the door get him out um he is a culmination of all the people that we know whether it's you <laughs> the people that you know the people that i know uh it, yeah it just um it's a culmination of all that the people who's texting me right now they it's a it's just a it's a a mass of all that uh that is good and bad in the cannabis industry and we kind of need a joke every now and then because of the way the marketplace the market can be people could get so obsessed and upset you know over the little things but and and keyboard warriors and pick fights with people for not phing their water correctly or using some <laughs> kind of buffer or their trellis net isn't on right or why are you still growing gorilla glue or you know whatever they i thought all it. that was about me to the gorilla glue <laughs> those are all things i did not do right <laughs> you know it's it's it just finding all those uh little things that you learn from dealing with people for so long in this industry you know you just pick and pull all the little pieces like oh man i'm so bummed out i can't go to hawaii five times this year i'm only able to go twice you know and maybe tahiti <laughs> once you know like uh and um that's what that's what spawned the pack god character you know and plus you know i like to slack off at work so why would you keep going and not invest in property that makes no sense <laughs> there's so, there's so many it's like that mentality is like i it's in i i say it to cannabis people but it's also comedians i know some comedians that yeah they're just like i'm just or actors actors are I think actors are probably a better example because they come into like silly amounts of cash. Yeah. Like, 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 like John Leguizamo. Well, no, he's like a, he's an artist. So he's, he's an artist. He's like a, he's, that dude's got it together. The um, pest. Everything he's done is interesting. He's <laughs> just a fucking weird little dude. I like him. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. He's like a, he's an artist. Like he just, I don't know. He's a, he's interesting um but i'm just talking about like some fucking sitcom bullshit and they'll go live at the four seasons in maui for a month and it's like motherfucker buy a house in hawaii in rented sorry i just i married a little jewish woman and she's wonderful for me well that's great you know yeah, i wish so someone had told my, me to do better with my, my finances oh i wish i'd have met her so much yeah <laughs> i'm just thankful i didn't blow like i've blown money but not that much right. like i like i didn't get start getting large amounts until i was in my 30s and was like oh let's just keep this part and then we can do dumb with this part like that's right. yeah like but in your 20s you're like look how much dumb i got yeah i can do whatever that's, let me drive there buy some <laughs> russian erotic art yeah, hey. that's, that was personal that was at mike <laughs> i bought a lot of erotic russian art but she moved to france and so now it's french erotic Ooh, art. that is more erotic oh wow i don't have any erotic art i didn't Man. know that it was a thing you could buy i thought it was just something you found <laughs> you've come to the black hole of the internet you found me <laughs> it was like when he was like yeah i used to buy erotic art i was like where where do you Wait, buy yeah. that i'm i know some people who's into <laughs> just been buying erotic art no i, I 
Listen, listen, it's tasteful. It's semi-tasteful. I don't think it is. I bet what do you think they federally open and regulate French erotic art? You know, what do you think is going to happen to the market when well, all the licenses are, you know, out there and selling? So she's not too dissimilar from us because she built her own small business. She was in Vanity Fair, France uh, magazines and everything like that. But she made an entire life of just doing erotic art, taking commissions, using it for magazines. She uh, did it for eight years, had over 300,000 followers on Instagram who are all her customers. And then Instagram deleted Deleted. her profile out of nowhere. People living on this, on this Instagram idea, like it's going to last. I have like a friend who's really into fitness Mm -hmm. and she's like, she's like sober. Our mutual friend, our mutual Uh, friend. Yeah. Katie Lemieux. Yeah. Anyway, okay, but just say her name. That's cool. Oh, is that bad to just drop it? Because I mean, she's fine. as long as she's, I, I don't. I, as long as no, you're not gonna say cool. anything she's bad, cool. I don't think. <laughs> I mean, you could just you could go beep beep over yeah. the whole thing, you know. And uh, it, but she just got her shit taken. Boop, gone. And she, you know, it's not like she's. There's no erotic French art on there, or like <laughs> you know, like close up pictures of Xanax bars or anything. Like, there's no reason for them to delete. The thing you know and and they'll just take anybody at any time except you know like i don't know lil peep or something you know they'll leave everybody up except the people that aren't doing anything wrong no and they hit cannabis companies all the time all the so time many people it's just it is it is the reality it's almost like it's a bad idea to build a business through another business yeah, it's like Crazy how that works. social that media is not that is <laughs> yeah that i mean that's part of that regulation of the corporation shit i was talking about too is like that's killing a lot of small businesses like basically when facebook did that thing like four or five years ago when they're like everything's moving to video and blah like people changed their whole business plans over that and some people lost their businesses and then facebook's like uh it, it uh didn't do it we so now we're just stealing your information and and just giving it to dictators and stuff they're so like that's... well sh- shit i'm a comedian i have you know fourteen thousand followers on instagram you know if my instagram went up i'd s- still have to book shows and do things you know with with that's why just don't be famous that's it's super that's helpful big, yeah it's i think just to be like that's the private market for you that is is to be like just to have like a like a the smallest number amount of people that can know and be fans of you and you still make a living that's i've niched that out perfect yeah for right yeah, now. pretty good i was about to say he got you that I, I just looked it up you do have fourteen thousand followers 14.1 no, well, I know he, he was already on it today, stalking. So don't act. Yeah, well, he yeah. added me today. I've sent him messages before, uh, <laughs> and like you know but all kinds of stuff. Let's look at that the way you worded and capitalized that first message you sent, and then be like, and then be like, why didn't you? Why didn't you hook up? <laughs> yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure it was it like a run-on like, sentence. It looks like it looks like you were like like you couldn't fu- like if. <laughs> if a f- Instagram message was like people cutting out stuff from a magazine, like a fucking ransom note, that's what that first message. And I was like, man, I think I know this dude, but also I get some nut bags here sometimes. <laughs> I mean, Mike, Mike can attest too. I have I message Mike frequently in all caps 
Uh, okay, so you guys know. Oh yeah, it was like it was all over, and I was like, man, I don't know if this is. It's definitely a personality thing I do on Instagram, where (laughs) it's all caps. It's very aggressive. It's you know, I need to be on the podcast. I need to be on it. You guys need me on it. It was. Thank you. Don't act like I was being a dick. I was just more like, I don't know what this is. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna let this play. That's fine. That's fine. It worked out. We got you on the pod. You're on the pod. It all worked out. You're not insane, even though that is how you come across. Uh, I like it. That's the whole point. He tagged you on a photo of separated chocolate milk today and oh, me and, I, Adam, yeah, me and gonna, were at lunch and we were just like yeah yeah, yeah. I, I was i was gonna see uh see how you felt about that i thought you know i was trying to do my uh stand-up comedy thing where i you know took a photo that milk's been there for a year that's about how long i've been trying to get on the podcast so you look at that timeline that's where the milk is at tag mm. tag mm. in it yeah. Thought, I'll give you I, some stand-up tips. That's not stand-up. Oh, that's much of an inside joke. That is a super inside joke that only I think you knew about. I know. That's a great thing. It's like it, is, they're like bits in my head. It'll t- it'll be tough cycle. to get rehired doing that kind of. <laughs> I'm just saying, just from a professional. That's a are professional you guys going to bring me back to the podcast? I yeah, for sure, yeah. but not as a stand-up. Oh, okay. All right. Because that milk I, thing is very confusing. It's, it's <laughs> kind of weird, right? You know, I don't, I don't dislike the weird part, but I just mean the part of the audience being like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was you switching over to Korean natural farming. That's what oh, I thought. I, thought that's, I was going. gonna ask Mike if no it was tell. some weird weed thing I didn't know about. That's yeah. that's, that's what I assumed it was. Left chocolate milk for a year outside. <laughs> Like, Pour that this, on your plants. They'll fucking love it. Is this to get CBD higher? What is this? <laughs> CBN, Billy. Yeah, but yes. CB, CBG. That's the sleepy yeah. stuff that didn't do anything to me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, buddy. We appreciate you. You are the best. Thank you so much, dude. Yeah. Oh. What are we doing? Is that it? <laughs>